0: From the Bob Marley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello and welcome to The Diz Unplugged roundtable discussion for June 29th, 2011 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Teresa Eccles, Julie Martin Corey Martin Kevin Close and John Magi Scott Smith Max the intern and Walter Eccles back in the peanut gallery in this segment Kevin is going to tell us about his recent experience at the Bistro de Paris in Epcot that is the restaurant upstairs from Chefs de France my favorite restaurant at Epcot and uh, Bistro Paris also a favorite So, uh, how was your experience?
1: I am always, uh, this is only the second time I've been there, but I've been surprised both times. I, I was surprised that I was even surprised the second time. This is a wonderful experience where you step into a very, very beautiful restaurant, but there's no Disney theming at all. This would be a fabulous restaurant anywhere. But there's no Mickey, there's no music, there's no sign that you're in a Disney
0: restaurant. But isn't that true in most of the restaurants at Epcot? I mean, they're not really overly Disney-themed. You don't have Mickey and the UK or in Morocco or in Mexico? Or,
1: I guess maybe, but I think maybe it's because it's on the second floor. It's actually, you feel more remote. Yeah, because you you're not, yeah. Okay. You can't look outside I mean, and see
2: tourists walking.
1: You can look out. over. If the you road. sit, depending on where you sit in the UK, you can look out and you're looking across the Epcot Lagoon. True. Uh, this is on the second floor, and it's like you've entered a different space. I yeah, can't it takes if- you away, for sure. Yeah, it definitely does. Uh, we, just, we recently had dinner there. We had dinner Sunday night. And our experience, I'm going to just start out with saying it was spectacular. Probably one of the best meals I've ever had on Disney property. And we went with somebody that we've had dinner with several times before and knew what we were doing. So she was quite willing to... Sort of play along with us in the way we do a restaurant review. We uh, all ordered something different. I don't think any, oh, you and I had the same appetizer. But other than that, we kind of spread our order out across the menu. We were told when we went in and sat down uh, first of all, when you go in, you check in, instead of going in through Chefs de France, you walk around the back of the restaurant and there's a separate entrance for Bistro. And now you can get there. There is isn't an, uh, an entranceway from either side, but there is a special entrance for this. And we were greeted and we were actually a half hour early for our reservation. And they told us it was fine. We could come upstairs with no problem. As we sat down, our waiter explained that this was a new menu that was about a week old. So this was uh, they changed different. It up. Mm-hmm. The menu is separated into a couple different sections. There's Le Prelude the appetizers le poisson the fish course la viande the meat dish and then there's a pre fee menu it's similar to the way it works downstairs with uh, chef's de france you can order a la carte or you can order the fixed price menu where you get to start choose an entree or, I'm sorry an appetizer an entree and a dessert The way it worked on the day we went, uh, John decided to order off the menu. He ordered a la carte. He didn't want a dessert that evening. He went
0: rogue.
2: He did. Also, what I wanted for my entree was not offered in the pre-free.
1: Right, but you had also decided early that you weren't going to get a dessert. So this wasn't. Now, this actually works out to be a good deal, the fixed price menu. And I'll explain that in a minute. We started off with John had... John and I both had the marinated tuna with limes and herbs over a roasted pepper coolie. It was actually on top of a quinoa salad, and this was thin slices of sushi-grade salmon that had been lightly seared with herbs and peppercorns on the outside and then served in a lime vinaigrette. It was about... Five inches across. It was a small...
2: About the size of a tuna can.
1: A little bit bigger than that. I was actually trying to think of something that it was a little bit bigger than that. And it was absolutely wonderful. (laughs) Now, Heather, who we had dinner with, she ordered something. And when she first ordered it, I thought, that doesn't sound very good. She ordered the soup glacé, which is chilled tomato soup with pesto and olive oil croutons. I have to tell you, they brought out a huge bowl of this cold tomato soup. I'm not a big fan of cold soup. I'm not I, either. I'm, it, however, again, as I said, Heather's had dinner with us several times before, so everybody was passing plates back and forth try this. Our appetizer was good. Heather's soup tasted like summer and salad in a bowl of tomato soup. It was the essence of tomato. It was incredible. I can't even begin to explain to you. It was not a thick soup, but it it had the absolute essence of summer. It tasted like you were eating a toss salad. And it was a huge portion. And we each tasted it. She ate her fill, and we were left with three quarters of it. So we all said the same thing to the waiter. Please don't take that away. And throughout the rest of the meal... It was a great counterpoint to the warmer, savorier stuff that we were eating. This soup was absolutely superb, but it could be split by two people. Now, the appetizers range in price from $11 to $15. The tuna appetizer is actually the most expensive appetizer.
2: Now, you said they changed the menu. Tell me the escargot is still on the menu. It's not. It's not. Really? But again, it's, they're, they're doing stuff. They're fresh. I'm going to cry for the first time on the podcast.
3: <laughs> <laughs> He's tearing.
1: You
2: know, it's, it's, it's what's fresh, it's what's available at the time. So
3: you can dig up a snail right now. Oh, that really? was
2: incredible, though. That's why I want to go back for that. Before
1: I make Corey cry. <laughs> Uh, the entrees are in the $40 range. There's a couple, a uh, dollar or two below. The least expensive entree that I see is the uh, chicken breast stuffed with tapenade. However, you can get the fixed price menu, the pre-fee menu, and it's $49 per person. That's without the wine pairing, but that includes an appetizer, your entree, and a dessert. Wow! If I is- had ordered mine, my appetizer would have been 15 my entree would have been 33 and my dessert would have been 11. Mm. So there is a savings there. About 10 bucks. Yeah. Our server was spot on, just absolutely spot on. He was exactly the type of server that I hope everyone gets. He was attentive. He answered questions. He was warm and inviting and encouraging. However, once his job was done, he stepped away. However, any time any one of our glasses were half full, he appeared without any mm-hmm. kind of recommendation from any of us, and refilled everything, uh, removed plates without being asked to. Everything was he was excellent. Was a silent service. That's how exactly. we. That's exactly how it was for us. Uh, your the a young lady came around and ordered us little offered us little baguettes of bread mm-hmm. to start. At your Keller. They are very, very good. good. And what was amazing was when they were gone, she came back and said, would you like another one? So there was never a, excuse me, I need more bread kind of feeling. It was they just appeared when they needed to. I love that. I love not having to sort of take control of the meal. Mm -hmm. I love it when they sort of do it for you uh everybody thought there. oh we ordered one extra appetizer we had eaten there once before and they had a salmon appetizer it was a smoked salmon and we ordered another one and it was for three of us to split now you don't get a huge amount of smoked salmon and to split it between three people you're talking three or four bites of salmon it came with a, a potato bellini and beautiful little uh Thing of horseradish cream, with a dollop of caviar on top of it. Absolutely excellent, and that was fourteen dollars. Now,
2: you also they also brought out a pre-appetizer. Oh, they did. They brought out an amuse bouche, just that
1: little taste beforehand. Now, we've had dinner at Chico the last twice in the last month or two, six weeks, and they have. They're doing the amuse bouche now. Also, that little appetizer from the chef. And both times we went there, they brought us out a little quinoa salad, and. Quinoa is like couscous, as far as I can tell. They describe it as one of the perfect foods, and I like the taste of it. However, I like it when it's cooked.
0: Well, what? What is it? I'm not familiar with. Quinoa
1: it. is um, Quinoa. it's a it's a grain, but it has the same. It like ounce for ounce, it has more protein in it than meat. Okay. And it's been around. They have. I, I just read something recently. They have um, evidence that the Incas. Used, used it. The Incas. The Incas. Incas. Yeah, the Incas. Incas. Um, they used it also. So it's been around for a very long time. But it's a grain. And you've had couscous, I assume. Like a little mm-hmm. Okay. That's kind of usually what you get. At Chico, it was not cooked well enough. It was like just, little pebbles. It's like somebody swept the parking lot It's just, it's hard and they put little slices of mandarin orange in it, little segments of it and then there's like a creme fraiche on top of it. Now we've had dinner there twice with altogether there was three people the first time and six people the second time and all of them went back after the first bite. Off the subject but we went back to the bistro and they said, we're bringing you out a chilled cauliflower mousse with curry cream. And everybody sat there and went, Mmm. Mm. Gee, thanks. Good. Now this was a little tiny ramekin. I think three of us licked the plate. It, it was, was like incredible. A, a cold cauliflower. I'm going to describe it as cold cauliflower pudding. However, the taste of it was spectacular. I
3: mean, I like cauliflower, so i didn't open to it. So it was incredible. So it was creamy.
2: It was creamy. But it, creamy and light, like whipped it into a pudding, like into a... Mm-hmm. Oh. So there's
3: no cauliflower texture. No, none at all. It was
1: more of a it was more like a, a cauliflower pudding. whipped cream? No, it was no, no, more like a pudding. Oh. But then on top of it was a little dollop of cream like crème fraîche with a little bit of a curry taste to it. It was incredible. It was incredible. Absolutely incredible. That incredible. Absolutely incredible. The, the flavor was awesome. Uh, for our next appet- or for our entrees, uh, John had John, what did you have?
2: I had that scaled fish.
1: Oh, that's right. <laughs> um, it was Red Snapper, a piece of beautiful white fish with potato scales. What they had done was they had taken slivers of potato oh. and laid over it. So the fish... Teeny, tiny, cool. little
2: crescent remains oh, cool. of potato. Their presentation is amazing. Unbelievable. Yeah.
1: So the fish... I don't know how they did it with this layer of potatoes on top of it, but the fish was cooked perfectly. And this layer of potatoes which was attached to the fish fish was creamy or not creamy, crispy and light. Mm. It was absolutely beautiful, sounds and they good. describe it does. It sounds really good. It was unbelievable in a rosemary sauce. Mm. And at first, you don't think. I don't think a, John was like. I don't know if I'm going to like this. Fish the rosemary and rosemary, sauce. rosemary doesn't. Oh, I really, like rosemary. On I anything. love rosemary, but I, fish and rosemary. All can I can like tell, tell you is John's and, yeah. fish. This beautiful piece of fish with this potato topping Scales. came out in a in a puddle of rosemary velvet. It was a gravy, as more than a sauce. We had the, the consistency of gravy. When they set the plates down in front of us, they, they do the whole ballet service where all everybody's plates come down and hit the table yeah, at the same that. time. We all passed our plates to each other. The smell of the food was so good that we passed the plates back and forth and said, just smell it. And the people sitting at the table next to us who didn't seem to be having nearly as much fun as we were. <laughs> um... <laughs> They kind of kept looking at us, and Heather was taking pictures of her food and i 'm sure they thought <laughs> we were, we were doing I'm that. like don
2: 't touch it don 't touch anything uh,
1: John had the red snapper uh, Heather had the uh, seared scallops, the noix de saint jacques in a, over a parsley risotto, and how many how many she had four or five scallops very
2: big scallops, the
1: giant sea scallops Done perfectly cooked perfectly I love scallops and I ordered. I decided I wanted to see what they could do with, like, the most pedestrian of dishes. I ordered the chicken. And I thought, let me see if you can impress me with chicken. And my description was chicken stuffed with tapenade, roasted bell peppers, and artichoke confit. When they brought my plate out, it was three small chicken breasts that had been wrapped in a circle around some bell peppers and some artichoke then wrapped in bacon and baked. Mm. The smell, and it was, when they first set down this kind of food, you think to yourself, that doesn't look like a lot. I I don't know if that's going to fill me up. The smell of this chicken, it was moist, it was tender, it was wrapped in this thin slice of crisp bacon, and then it came with an artichoke (laughs) with sauteed peppers and mushrooms in it, and then on top of it, I actually broke it into three pieces and let them all try it, was this little disc that was this thin, thin slice of potato that had been made into a potato chip. But that was about the size of a tuna can, the top of a tuna can. And I don't know what they fried it in. I don't know what it was cooked in. It was (laughs) incredible. And all I kept thinking was, I wonder if they'll
2: make some more of these.
3: I think they do that a lot because we ate there almost a year ago. I had one of those. When you're good,
1: uh-huh. and you still
2: remember it, right? that's how <laughs> good they are.
1: Uh, I, all I can tell you is Heather moaned over hers.
2: John was moaning over his. It's not just good. There's this depth of flavor. There's this layer of flavor that you think, how could they get it to taste mm. this good? It's almost. It's weird.
1: And all I kept saying was, I, I'm so glad I ordered the chicken. I mean, there's things on on the menu. There's fillet of beef. There's um, lamb shank. They served a lamb shank to three people sitting next to us, and it looked like Flintstones food. Was, no, oh,
2: really? No. <laughs> it was like meat was as big as my two hands put together, and then there's giant bones sticking out of it. It was like, <laughs> like,
1: you know when they set the thing on the side yeah. of Fred's yeah, car? I don't know what it looked like. Um, <laughs> also, there was... Um, Main lobster cassoulet with vegetables, roasted duck breast. So th- I decided to try what I consider, you know, chicken is kind mm-hmm. of a pedestrian meal, and you figure, let's see what they do with it. I can't even begin to tell you how good this chicken was.
3: How much was the chicken?
1: The chicken was $33 if you ordered it by itself. John's entree was, uh, let me think, it was 39 and Heather's was 38 now, Heather and I each ordered the fixed-price menu, so we got ours as the package deal, the entree, the appetizer, and the dessert. We, uh, At the end of the meal, we had a choice of, I apologize, here's the dessert menu. And dessert, all desserts are $11. There is a cheese platter if you'd like to end with a cheese course, which is 15 they had warm chocolate and almond cake, a warm lemon souffle, souffle with raspberry middle, an assortment of sorbets, a warm peach clafoudi. <laughs> clafoudi? <laughs> what? Clafoudi. That's where they take the, fu- the, the fruit, put it in the pan, <clears throat> and then put the cake batter over it so that the fruit bakes into. Like an upside down oh, cake. Okay. Kind of, yeah. Claf- what'd you call it? Clafoudi? Clafoudi. Clafoudi? Mm-hmm. And there was a crepe duo which was uh, a crepe Suzette flambe, and the other is stuffed with roasted pineapple. Ooh. Now, on the fixed price menu, you had your choice of the warm chocolate and almond cake or the, and the, or the warm peach cleflutie. So we ordered one of each. In this case, the warm chocolate cake was good, very good. The warm peach thing, the cake was a little dry. However, it came with a small spoon of peach ice cream. And I took one bite of it, and both Heather and John said, Okay, we can't tell you by your face if this is good or if this is bad. And I said, You have to try it and tell me what you think. It was no more than a tablespoon of ice cream, and the three of us were moaning over it. It had the most intense peach flavor it tasted like you were eating sweet, frozen peaches. It was the most intense peach-flavored ice cream I've ever tasted in my life.
3: That was on top of the Clifudi? Nothing was on top <laughs> on of anything. Side. On the you side. You get this
1: full-size dinner plate, and everything's artfully arranged, right. you know. so But it was right next to it, and it was spectacular. Just spectacular. The cake was a little dry. The chocolate and almond cake with vanilla ice cream and praline sauce... It was delicious. It was a warm That's chocolate what I would cake. have ordered. Yeah, that yeah, sounds good. Very good. We, well, she had ordered first, and I didn't want to order the same <laughs> thing because we were looking, you know, for a. Yeah. We were reviewing it. So we tried both. But we shared, three of us shared two desserts.
2: And we got uh, a yeah. French, French press pot of coffee, which was unbelievable. Have you had their coffee? Yeah. Very good uh, unbelievable coffee and not only that, but they come out and they do
1: they do the French press for you, and they poured the coffee. It was just it was a lovely evening. The nice thing about bistro is once the table is yours, it's yours for the rest of the night if you'd like. They don't try and turn that table over. no one's right. rushing you out Mm-mm. of this
3: restaurant. Kevin, what's the dress code is there is it dressier than downstairs?
0: Um, they prefer I think they I, th- I think they prefer you not being shorts and sneakers but I don't think they turn you away.
2: I was in shorts and yeah. sneakers but I had on a collared shirt. Um, there were people there who were obviously just out of the park in park clothes. And- yeah, th- it was the same thing that- for
3: us because we were kind of dressed up. It was our anniversary, but there were people We went there, there just that- for that.
2: Yeah. right.
1: If you were going there just for that, and I did have on shorts and sneakers, but again, I had on a nicer shirt. I mean, I wouldn't go in there with my hat turned backwards and a shirt that said I'm with stupid. It's a much nicer right. atmosphere than that. but. It's inside didn't. a theme park, yeah. so I don't
2: think they right. expect. It. And there were yeah. some people who were just very nice. There was a gentleman in a suit and a woman in a dress. Okay. And
1: so but I also get the feeling that
2: they this was their destination, yeah. Yeah. right? They right. might have
1: gone back to the hotel and changed, and this was the right. destination for the evening. But there was obviously people in there who had just come out of the theme. But park. But it's not and, like Palo. So it feels like a in fine insurance.
2: dining experience. I mean, being in there really does. I mean, no other restaurant inside the other theme parks. Have this feeling.
1: How long were you there? Our reservation was at six thirty. We
2: got there at six. We
1: got there at six and we're seated immediately. And we I think it's left about eight thirty. No, because remember we they yeah, a little bit later than that. Probably about ten of nine. We were on the friendship boats as the
2: fireworks, the fireworks firework started. So two and a half to almost three hours. Nice
3: meal.
1: Yeah.
0: Nice.
3: That's how we were. We sat for a while. No, well, We
2: watched the fireworks. You how much fireworks was dinner? Uh, after tables in Wonderland and with the tip, it was one eighty six for the three of us. For three, for three that 's incredible with coffee and not no alcoholic drinks but sodas i had a di- I had a soft drink um, Heather had a soft drink three appet
1: uh, four appetizers four appetizers, three entrees, and two desserts now two of the entrees two of the meals were the fixed price menu at forty nine dollars each
0: that that's that 's incredible, especially for a restaurant like that um where you can spend more than that on Disney property and get far less quality exactly. for your money.
1: That's that. That was going to be my whole closing thing. You oh, can sorry. go other. It's okay. <laughs> you just brought it up. You can go someplace else. Spend more and get much less.
0: And you know, it's there is a a, a real difference even between chefs de France and bistro mm-hmm. de Paris. Um, the restaurants in Epcot. Well, some are very good and some aren't. Um, It's a certain level of dining experience, whereas Bistro de Paris is is on another level. I mean, it really is another level of a culinary experience. Mm -hmm. This is the kind of restaurant you would imagine, in my limited experience with it anyway, uh, being a Michelin star uh, caliber restaurant with the. You know, not just how good everything tastes, but the presentation, the creativity. I mean, you know, you mentioned it several times during the review. That was my experience when Walter and I had dinner there with Heather a few months ago. Was that this was, uh, you know, these were these were creative geniuses mm-hmm. who were putting these these dishes together that were mixing together ingredients and flavors and textures that you don't normally find that you wouldn't normally think of. John, you mentioned that with. The rosemary and with the, the fish. With the rosemary yeah. and the fish.
2: There's a discovery.
0: Yet somewhere, somehow they make it work. And and that's, you know, again, you may find great meals in Epcot, but you're not going to find, even on Disney property in general, it's hard to find that level of culinary creativity. They well, can get away with it. I'm just letting to say they can get away with it there because I think they're, as you said, once you have your table, you have it for the night. They're not turning them over. So it's a very limited number of people coming through. I don't know that there are too many other than maybe Victorian Alberts, but there are too many other venues on Disney property that have that luxury. I think for a lot of them, they have to turn their tables over a certain number of times every night because of the volume of people coming through.
1: Mm-hmm. Now we as Heather had also had dinner at Victorian Alberts this trip. And she said, this is absolutely on par with the experience she had at Victorian Alberts.
2: Hmm.
0: And that's saying something. For a
1: great deal more money in a much different atmosphere. So I, I was shocked that this restaurant wasn't full for the entire evening. I cannot believe that there is not a standing line. Yeah.
3: It wasn't full when we were there either. It was a year ago. I mean, you know, we went in, we were early for our reservation. We did, like, sit on the little chair and wait just a minute because there was some people in front of us. But he was just looking at the photos from our meal last year, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to eat that again. You know, the only thing in my opinion moan. that could make it better would for it to be in actually be in Paris.
2: <laughs> it was inc- uh, unbelievable. Now, tell a little bit about the handicapped accessibility of this. And I, I did
1: that the last time. There is an elevator to the second floor. However, <laughs> it's not an elevator; it's a death trap. <laughs> it's actually. It's not really an elevator. It's a door they open. You open the door, <laughs> and you're on a platform. Now, there's a little metal wall on like each dumb side. Like a dumbwaiter? Yeah,
2: very similar. Very similar to a dumbwaiter. There's no walls around you. The walls are the walls of the elevator. Like like li- it's a literal lift. Yeah, it's a lift. It's a lift. You sit on this
1: platform, but the platform, you, it's not like you're in an elevator car. You're in an open platform, and I mean, you watch the walls, the walls of the building as you're going up, and to and you're go by yourself,
3: being hoisted up in this.
1: Only one person can <laughs>
2: fit at a time. You hoist yourself, and at up, the top, there's a, a little French girl <laughs> named Fifi with a. Rope. Yeah, right <laughs> rope. No, there's a rock. They push out a window, Pull it <laughs> up in the treehouse.
1: Yeah. Not only is this does this shake, rattle, and roll the whole time. It takes. Yeah, a good three and a half minutes it's very to go. Slow. Oh up.
2: Lord.
1: They, and there's a small window at the top. And the last time I did it, I saw half of Heather's face and half of John's face. And you could see the panic in their eyes because I was making fingernail marks in the metal railing.
3: You're sitting down, or oh, you're standing? standing. No, you're
1: up. standing. Now, there is a seat that folds up into the metal railing. But when you fold the seat down, all that's holding it on are a
2: couple <laughs> of rivets. And I thought. If someone was in a wheelchair, they would have to ride up by themselves. That's how small this elevator is.
1: And I'm going to be honest with you. My knee was bothering me so bad that day, and I, I decided I'll never ride in that elevator again.
0: But I oh, got to the top of the stairs. Interesting. So it is
1: accessible at your own risk. <laughs> how about children? Um, there kids? was a young girl at the table next to us. I was, that's what was, I was going to say. I hear all the time that people are willing to excuse the quality of food Because of the theming The theme of this restaurant is Fine French restaurant Mm -hmm. At no point do they bring out Broomstick horses Or bocce balls That you shake around the the restaurant With a palm frond There's nothing to entertain your children Other than a fine dining experience And if your children Are fine for a fine dining (laughs) experience This is the place for them if you're looking for that level of, you know, someone throwing straws on your table or bringing you all the bottles of ketchup in the world, this is so not your place. There was, is- a,
2: there was a family next to us, family of five, mother, father, and three boys, I would say ranging in age from eight to 12. Sat down, ate their meal, they talked to each other during dinner, they laughed, they had a good time. It was fine. that the way it's supposed to be? Right. It was like just like they had a nice meal.
3: I would never bring Ferris and Finley there because they have to well, be they're, entertained. They're not like I'm just saying, yet. like, right, Yeah, you know. I mean,
1: but that's what I'm saying. You're going to have to make this decision. Also, right. I wanted to ask: there's right. nothing there. There's no entertainment, other than the fact that you're having a f- wonderful dining experience. But there's no, um, there's no g- games brought to the table right, for right. the kids. There's no coloring sheets.
3: This is, I can see your Stella enjoying like getting dressed up in a fancy little dress. Yeah. I oh, now, you know they
1: did make a little bit of a fuss over the young girl sitting next to us. He came over and he helped her with the French on the menu, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that made her feel very special. But right. again, it's it's that is the theme. Right. I can see this being a fine dining establishment. It reminds me of some place like if it was in this country, a fine dining establishment outside of Washington D.C. It's got that sort of French colonial look Mm -hmm. about it. It just absolutely positively wonderful. And I'm surprised that we don't hear more about this restaurant on the boards. You know, everybody has to have that must have. Mm Right.
2: La Salle. Right. It
3: feels like a hidden gem. Is it it a um, place that does the dining plan or not?
0: Yes.
2: It does. And I think
0: think you don't hear about it as much on the boards because the number of people they can go through. Every, uh, every night is, is limited. It's so a limited... You know, if you're, so less people have e- so experienced it. Experience less people can get reservations. I think that probably is, is has something to do with it. Yeah, but
2: they absolutely take the dining plan. They took tables in Wonderland, discount. So.
3: Sounds really special, though. Uh,
1: the two times I've been there, well, now you've been there, we've been there, you've been there, and we've all said the same thing.
0: Oh, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's, oh, it's, yeah. a, it's an experience. It's oh, a yeah, culinary experience.
1: <laughs> the, the nice thing about it is... It's not at all stuffy or
0: pretentious either. Mm-mm. No, it's a, you don't feel uncomfortable.
3: I kind of expected that when we first went, just because I, I, you know, never had been there. I didn't know anything about it. I just knew that it was fancy. Right. Yeah.
1: The service is a notch above, also, in my opinion. I mean, you can find good servers in any restaurant. This is a notch mm-hmm. above. Right. Cool.
0: And I think that's a great way to sum up that particular restaurant, a notch above, really and truly. So
1: So my recommendation is if you have the opportunity, don't miss it.
0: Awesome. Thank you very much for that, Kevin. That will do it for this segment. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you again next time with another episode of The Diz Unplugged. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes.